Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with The Big Guy Ryback starts now welcome to conversation with the big guy Ryback. i am the big guy Ryback, and today i have the pleasure of speaking to the interview queen herself she's an announcer an influencer and owner of a music blog yeah you may know her from aew ladies and gentlemen alicia atute hi how are you i'm good how are you doing today i'm doing very well Thank you for making time for this. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm absolutely psyched that uh, I get to be on here. So thank you. It's a, it's a lot of fun for me to get to talk to different people. I try to have wrestling guests mixed in with and talking to, I like talking to the, to the doctors and health people as well and trying. It's all just therapy for myself, I think. Just learning <laughs> as time <laughs> goes on. So. But uh, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I will not keep you too long. I know you have an appointment, you said, so it's not going not gonna to take forever. No, no, by all means, uh, take as long as you need. I just, this came, this came through and I was like, okay, I can't cancel this appointment, but I really, really want to do this. <laughs> so I, I was just like, no. No, have you, have you been really busy here? Um, in regards to just lots of interviews and everything, everything definitely. Yeah. You, yeah, it's been very chaotic lately. You do a lot. I mean, you do that. You because you interview music people, wrestlers, right? And then now, are you 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 go to a lot of wrestling shows, don't you? Also, tons. Yeah, I originally started doing music stuff for about four or five years when I was in school, actually, a high school. And then once I graduated, I started doing some of the more um, going to more wrestling shows because I've been a fan since I was a kid, and it just kind of blossomed. From there, really, it started getting a lot of traction. So, what drove you to the music? Like, would uh, is that something like at a young age that you knew you wanted to do? Because, like, for me, when I was my like, my mom has me on videotape as a kid, like saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a star. I'm gonna like." I just always knew I wanted <laughs> to be. So, and I loved baseball and football growing up, and wrestling, and like baseball was always kind of like is a family thing. So, I always thought I was supposed to be a baseball player, but I was like, I really want to be a pro wrestler, but my family wasn't really a pro wrestling family so i was kind of mm-hmm. just like i don't know how that came about necessarily but did you always want to kind of was music always your thing at like a young age when i was younger um i was always the person singing around the house we'd have road trips and i was singing in the cars you know screaming the lyrics <laughs> driving my family crazy and i've just family you know music's been in my family since you know they'd bathe me to like prince and motown when i was a baby so it's always been kind of instilled in me. And then it got to the, the point where I wanted to be in a band and that never really came to fruition just because of school and not really having people I wanted to be in a band with around me. And, <laughs> and then once that kind of died out, I was like, okay, well, how can I be involved in music? So I started just writing about it and blogging about it, posting random reviews online. Those weirdly started to catch some traction. And then it just blossomed from there. I was at a gig one day with my dad and my sister. Uh, my dad was like, hey, why don't you try interviewing this band for your blog? I nearly 
shit myself. I was terrified, I tell you. Like, I was so scared. I'm like, you know what? Fine, I'll do it. So I asked them two questions and um, did this mini little interview, right? You gotta. And uh, it just kind of blossomed from there, really. So I never, ever thought, you know, my job would be speaking to people because growing up, I was always the last person to raise my hand. I hated group projects. Like, I was very introverted. And now this is exactly, you know, I do the opposite. Now I just shoot the breeze with people every single day. That's funny you say that. I'm actually, I'm the exact same way. It's crazy. I got into wrestling with that. It's like in school, very introverted. I had I had my group of friends. I was always athletic, but then like I wanted to get into pro wrestling. But like growing up, I was always the kid shy to like, I was always in shape, but I, I like, I did like at the pool. I would always, wasn't like always thrilled taking my shirt off. I was in like, so, and then public speaking, I wasn't, I was always just very much kept to myself. And then I got the one job where like you go wrestle in your underwear and you have to be over the top and charismatic. And, and then I just like, (laughs) I threw myself into it and then just adapted. But I think like doing these shows, interviewing people and stuff is a very, it's a very different thing. And I think it's good though. Everybody should do this. I always say now, because it's just a way to practice public speaking and anything that we're not good at. And it allows me to have conversations with people I might not normally get to have conversations with, but it's funny hearing you say that at like a young age, knowing that being that self-aware about yourself and still having the courage to say the hell with it, I'm going to do it. That's pretty cool at a young age to know that and to be able to do that. Oh, it scared me so much because when I was graduating high school, every friend of mine was going to college, university, uh, going to travel abroad. And I'm just there like, oh, I want to interview people. <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like I'm, you know, I've lost it. I'm crazy. You know, I had a lot of people saying you'll never make that into something. How do you think you can do this? Uh, you'll get so many no's. And the next thing you know, I have those same doubters now writing me for concert tickets and, wow. oh, you met this person I like. So, and by no means am I saying that in a egotistical way, but it really did prove or show me, hey, you, you chose the right path and these people were wrong. I'm sure you had tons of people as well who were like, hey, I don't really think you can do this. Or there's always going to be those naysayers, but Absolutely. you just kind of have to, you just have to show them why they were wrong. And that was a big fire for me when I was younger. That's important too, that you just mentioned that. Cause I think that's something that for everybody in life, like. Were those people that were telling you that people that you would consider close to you or or acquaintances or friends, were they people that were close to you at that point or just more so just people in general? They were people in general. My family and friends were always so supportive of anything I kind of wanted to tackle or take on. And these were more so just random kids in class or or distant family members that I have. But I I was bullied a lot growing up just for the stuff I was into. Whether it was comic books, wrestling, um, all my friends were dudes aside from my best friend. So, you know, it was just one of those things where a lot of people were like, yeah, you can't do this. And now I am. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it's, it's important, though, who you surround yourself with, too, and having positive encouragement. And at the end of the day, I t- like, no matter what we choose to do, you have, you have to ultimately, like, you have to want to do it at the end of the day and your motivations have to come from within i believe because you're always going to have those people that doubt you and and you i always say like it's great to people sometimes say like they use that for fuel and whatnot but i was like you can't have that be your sole thing you have to truly want it and know what you want but having like that positive reinforcement around you 
help my family and close friends is is really important than that because it helps because we're always going to have people that are negative and they don't want to. I always we talked about it on here before. It's kind of like um, crabs in a bucket. Everybody, the crabs, like you're trying to get out of the bucket and the, the crabs getting out and all the other crabs are trying to drag it back in. You know, mm-hmm. nobody really wants to see you get out of that bucket the, as far as the, the general crab community. <laughs> And whatnot. So <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome. That's funny too with wrestling, because I remember growing up and being the biggest wrestling fan. But I was I didn't talk about it with anyone. And like when in I'm 37 now. I know you're 24, right? Yes, I am. It's they. I'm curious how it was with you growing up because for me, like there was a group of kids in the school that would wear the 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 wrestling shirts and the NWO shirts eventually and they were kind of like looked down at, I remember by, and I just remember always thinking like, oh, they're nice guys. There's nothing wrong with it. But I was like, I'm just as big of a wrestling fan. I just didn't wear the stuff because I, it just kind of wasn't, kids make fun of it and stuff, I think. And I just didn't, mm-hmm. I just was always into sports and just never, never had the stuff collected or anything. I just loved watching it. You were, you were bullied kind of, you said a little bit, just for being a wrestling fan, you think? I think it was a combination of the stuff I was into, honestly. Uh, most of my friends were those nerdy skateboarders who I thought were the coolest. Who uh, now we, we all work for. Games. Right? <laughs> um, but we were pretty much the guys who were, or the guys, that's funny. But we were the people who would play video games on our spare time, read comic books, chill out, just, you know, not really the, the partiers. And I wasn't necessarily like one of those nerds that got singled out for being intelligent like you know how there's that kind of like dorkiness yeah. people get and by no means is that an insult at all to anyone Absolutely um, not. yeah it's crazy how we judge people based if somebody's smart <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous yeah. it's one of those things where they would just see me coming to school in like a superman t-shirt or a band t-shirt you know i love a lot of 70s music so i'd be coming to school wearing like the doors or the beatles and people just look at me like oh this girl's not like us and so i got bullied for that a ton so I think it was just a combination of liking a lot more guy stuff as well. People just didn't think it was super cool and decided to pick on me for it. But one of those things where it made me definitely a lot stronger. And I feel like that's why now when I have this following and you also with followers come the trolls, I'm a lot stronger because of the shit that I had to go through. Now, anytime there is a negative comment or someone decides to pick apart my looks or be a douche, it's like, some days it phases you, but sometimes you're just like, ah, screw it. Like these, these opinions don't matter to the yeah. people that support me that do. So definitely gave me a thick skin. How did you deal with that back then? Cause I actually wanted to talk cause you've grown up on social media. Like for me, and I've had different people. I, I, I talk about this a lot because I believe we're still, there's so much to learn about all this technology and kids are, are now are being raised on it. And for me, I kind of grew up. I grew up without it. And then in high school is when, you know, AOL it was a thing and, and dial right, up internet. Right. And uh, it was the most amazing thing ever. And in uh, looking back. And so I, but I remember growing up without it, but I grew up with video games and stuff also, which is a, a different form of entertainment. But you've, you've, this has been in your life. I mean, essentially all growing up, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was definitely one of those things. I was aware of growing up, like, obviously, you know, when you're in, you're a teenager, um, you hear Facebook and all the stuff and then Twitter came about and I didn't have social media until I was about 16 or 17, where yeah. most kids I knew growing up had it when they were like MySpace when they were 10. 
And it wasn't because my parents were strict in that regard or anything. It was just, I was the kind of kid where if I wanted to hang with my buddies, yep. I would call them up on the home line and be like, yo, bro, want to hang? And we'd be riding our bikes five minutes later. Like, See, I didn't but, need... Yeah. I didn't need to know what everyone was doing every second. And, you know, it just, that kind of baffled me almost. And then it got to the point where I started this website and I was like, I think I need to get on socials now. So I made accounts and started growing from there. And now you do see the massive, massive impact that social media can have on your growth and getting bookings and traveling and you know, some of my biggest opportunities have come from just throwing someone a line on Twitter or someone discovering me through, you know, something random being tagged in something. So I'm definitely grateful for social media, but at the same time, it can be a total pain in the ass with the, with the people you have to deal with. So, yeah, no, that's, it's silly. That's what I always say. Like the technology, it's the greatest time ever, but it's also, there's so much to learn and we have to be very careful because it's, there's a lot of addictive properties to all of this and whatnot. And kids, even adult, like, I mean, adults are as addicted as anybody. And we see it. Like if I go by a walk in my dogs and, and the football fields or the soccer fields, and all the parents are all sitting around in their lawn chairs and the kids are out there playing. I kid you not, it's every parent is on their phone for the most part. And there might be one or two that's not. And everyone's just glued to these things. And it, it's great because and you never know what anyone's doing and whatnot. But the, they're just, they're very, very addictive by nature. And for me, that's always fascinating because there's kids are now have being exposed to this. and I know initially, like with social media, it used to be, and I've talked to people about this, like Facebook, even in MySpace back when that started, but it used to be very positive. It was more of a way to get in contact with people, you family, friends, and old classmates. And then all of a sudden, and I, I was very, I never was like big on it. I had it, but I, I didn't really use it that much. And like, I didn't make my Instagram until my last eight months in WWE because they constantly got on me to make one, which, and then I realized also business-wise, it's the most important thing in, in community, in, in having access to people and that everyone's on there. It's TV and you got, you got to be on there and whatnot. But just that being exposed at a young age to that negativity, at whatever point that changed, I think when Twitter came about and. Facebook started allowing people to post different, it it just, something turned and it it got really, it always to me is fascinating because I I can't imagine, like you talk about in school before, you would have to go to school and the, the, the bullying or the making fun of, or like the inner, there had to be physical interaction. Whereas in today's age, you can't escape it if you're on social media and most kids are. And having to deal with that kind of stuff, we, we know how like kids can be. We know how adults can be. I, I, to me, that can be a very overwhelming thing, that thing that kids are not equipped to handle yet necessarily either. That's super scary. And I feel like nowadays, for whatever reason, kids are growing up so quickly. I was at the mall like a week ago with my mom, like a 24-year-old. I was just going, we were buying clothes from my grandmother who, who was uh, living with us. And, you know, we were at the mall and I saw this group of kids and I was like, I can't tell if these girls are 12 or if they're 18. Like they had so much makeup on. They were wearing like very revealing clothes, fake eyelashes, fake nails. And I'm not saying there's stuff wrong with that. But when you're that young, 
Like they're just trying to grow up so quickly. Yeah. And I feel like a big part of that is because they see this stuff on social media. Yeah. They see these, these models and these, these beautiful figures that they wow. want to be like, and they're like, Oh, okay. I can just press a button and purchase this online with whatever. So I can just grow up and be like them now. And that's super scary. Like that is such a yeah. freaky thing. And I really do feel like social media has a massive, massive play in that. No, it absolutely does. And I, I say the same thing with, because we have people now, there's no filter anymore. Anybody can make a social media account and all that is great. And we all should, but there's no longer like before to, to get on TV, you had to go through a process. You had to have to be seen. Certain people had to like you. There were politics involved. Now it's kind of a level playing field. We all can just put our stuff out there and people can say if they like us or not and whatnot. But it, it, with all the good, there's also all the bad is exposed. And there's no way to necessarily filter that out. And parents give their kids the, the access to the, to the technology and whatnot. And kids are exposed to this and see all the different things and they could pick and choose what they think they like or they don't like and, or what seems normal. And it, whether it's good or bad, it's just, it's different. And it's, I always say that kind of with the, in the health and supplement and fitness world. Now we have a lot of people like there's like steroid usage and drug usage is out of control now. And like with kids, because they see these fitness people that are taking all this stuff to, to get attention online, men and women. And then that is starting at a young age, much like probably kids wearing makeup, girls wearing makeup and whatnot. And I think it, it applies to so many different things on that. It's just, it's different. And it's really, I don't know, it's scary in a way. And I always said like, there should be, do we need social media licenses? Cause like, it's, like, how does that, how do you do that? Because like all this, like the, they always say too, like with social media and these different things, the, the neural pathways, it, it triggers or like the addictive properties are very similar to drugs and, and alcohol and different things that, which those are all have an age requirement on, but with all this, there is none. And I don't just, it's just, I think it's a conversation worth having as time goes on, trying to figure this stuff out. And, but I mean, I'm with you. I see it all the time, too. And it, it's just like, whoa, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's definitely freaky. I think it's one of those things where I, I try every day to just put my phone down and yeah. decompress, not focus on it. And then at the same time, I find myself in those, you know, that hour break I try to take. I'm like, oh, shit, my smartwatch is buzzing. And I'm like, am I missing like an important work thing? Yeah. Is this someone who who needs me? It's, it's less about the, the likes and stuff, but the you know, all it takes is a second to miss like an opportunity and it's given to someone else. So that's like a big thing for me as well. So I'm always paranoid. Oh, am I missing something? I need my phone on me. And at the same time, I feel like a crappy person. So I'm like, why am I on this damn thing so, yeah. so much? Like, why do I depend on this little device so, so frequently? So yeah, it's definitely a tug of war. And I think it's one that most people are not winning at the moment. No, again, and I've talked, and I just had a guy on Gary Wilson, and on your is about your brain on porn, and like it's the how that is is ruining a lot of men and women uh, in, in different ways, but the the addictive properties of all of this, and it, it to me it's just so fascinating, and, and I think just self awareness is a huge first step in knowing that, and putting like you said, putting your phone down, but like I refuse, like I won't get that Apple Watch, different things because I don't. I don't need to be any more distracted, but I think too, you brought up a good point 
people, their expectations now, because we all do have this technology and around us, there's times I have to just set my phone down and like, I, I take my dogs for a walk and I do my, like, I don't want to look at my phone because I'm constantly working. I do everything from no matter what scheduling interviews on all this and, and recording 10, 11 times a week on different things and running the whole supplement line, which is a different thing. And just trying to balance everything. But people have an expectation of like, you need to get back to them right away too. Like you said, like missing yeah. an opportunity. And like, I have people that email on the supplements or message. And if you don't get back right away, I, I get three or four emails on one thing sometimes. And I'm, and I'm just like, man, this is, I don't like this. <laughs> but, oh, it can be so overwhelming. Do you have a routine like putting your phone down at night to go to bed? Like I won't look at my phone. Once I lie down in bed, I put my I flip my phone over and I don't touch it until after I get up and get downstairs in the morning. Do you have a routine on that or is it just what happens happens? So usually whenever I've finished working for the night or whenever I'm done with my phone, I'll I'll actually turn it off overnight because I know if I don't uh, turn it off, if I if I feel that buzz in my bed or if I feel you know, it, oh, it's on. I just need to take like a peek. I know I'll, I'll be on it. And the next thing you know, you're down that rabbit hole of just for no reason, just searching like your Twitter feed or it's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I've, started, I've started turning it off completely at night and that way I just have peace of mind and it's like, oh, whatever. If I'm missing something, so be it. I actually have a good reason to be missing it. I am sleeping. <laughs> Very good reason. You actually, that's another good thing. I found too, and I've had the opportunity to talk to some really successful people, and they ha they have a lot of common traits with them. And one guy, Brad Lee, I did his Dropping Bombs podcast here in Vegas, but he he said, so "I always love when I just get like one thing from somebody that just sticks with me, even whether it's a book or no matter what it is." And he, and he said, he goes with social media. He said it's teaching us to compare and not prepare. And, and he kind of elaborated a little bit on that. And he said, it's so addicting. He goes, we're all, and he goes, we're all doing it. He goes, we get in that because by nature, this is what it does is we start scrolling and looking around. We start comparing ourselves to there's billions. There's over 7 billion people on the planet. Who knows how many we're looking at at any given time, but there's an endless supply of people that if we get in this habit of scrolling through and just comparing, like we could have the greatest day ever. And I know I, it's happened to me in, in different things where I'm like, everything's great. I, I feel like I've had a really awesome productive day and I got to use this stuff constantly for in likes and comments on my social media. And I have people that help run my other accounts and it's constant work though. But I have found through that, like you can't help, but sometimes you're going through and you can have the best day ever. And then you're all of a sudden you find yourself like, man, I'm, I feel like I didn't do anything like that person's <laughs> out, you know, in the ocean. And this person's at a really nice restaurant that I wish I could go to. And that person's skydiving. And, you know, this person's over here doing this and what, no matter what it is, or like that person's, you know, doing jujitsu, that person's doing boxing, that guy's having an awesome wrestling match. And it like, I feel like it just, it can cause depression. Is that something you've experienced too with that? That rather than for me, it's like, if we just don't do that and we just prepare and focus on what we're doing, we'll be happy. But this stuff kind of drags us in and we start comparing ourselves. Have you found that to uh, be the case? It is. I, um, I had a really great talk about a month back with Renee Young and we were talking about great trolls great. and how oh, she's amazing. Um, and we were talking about how you can have 99% of people saying the most positive 
wonderful things about you. And then that 1% that's negative, you focus on that 1%. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, it's human instinct. It's the way that we think. But for some reason, it's just how most of our minds work. And so it definitely gets to me. There'll be times where I've had a wonderful day and then you come home, you scroll through socials and you see something or someone and you, you wish you had elements of them or elements of their lives. And it's not like a, an obsession thing. It's just say, oh, it'd be kind of nice if I could do that. Or yeah. so many times it's one of those things where I know a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I wish I, I looked like that or I could be doing that. And it's a shame because every person has a different schedule, different lifestyle obviously different appearances yeah. and the fact that we're now so constantly comparing ourselves to people it sucks and the thing that sucks most about it is most of the stuff you see it's just people's lives elevated for social media yeah i watched an amazing documentary i completely forget what it's called but um it was just showing how these three teenagers live and kind of comparing oh this is what we're actually doing they're just hanging in some bedroom and then the photo they posted on social media was this girl holding up like a beer bottle and she's like sitting in a chair all cool. And it's like, oh, living my best life. And it's, you know, people now post the way that they want to be perceived rather yeah. than what they're doing. So that's why I try to not get, you know, caught up in seeing things. It's hard not to, as I said, like human nature. But yeah, it's it's, it's kind of messed up. You, you know, a lot of the stuff you see is just being posed and postured to to look a lot cooler and better. and. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's like I can't, I can't deny also going, going through that, just being like, oh, I wish uh, I was doing that or like that. It's, it's kind of, it's a shame, really. And that's why I try to, when I post stuff, I try to be really real with people I Same, follow yeah. or who, who follow me. I've been, you know, I used to edit my pictures. Now I'm just like, f it. If someone's gonna meet me and I have this or that, like I want them to see me for me. I don't want to post this fake lifestyle. So. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's it's, that's changed me for the better. At least I feel like seeing the way people are online and then in person. So you know, puts things into perspective. Just I think it's the biggest problem is people just being real with themselves. Absolutely, and I think it, it's human nature. We all want to be liked and loved. And in in going back to that with Renee and like that one percent, I actually had a great great doctor on her, Doctor Sue Mortar. Her book changed helped me change my outlook a lot on different things. It's called the energy code. I, I highly recommend it. And for people listening to this, to go back and listen to that episode on the archives, but the book showed up in my PO box and it, she didn't know she, I, I looked her up online. I asked her, I go, did you send me this book? And she had no idea who I was. She's, she's a, a very nice older woman. She's not a wrestling fan. So somebody sent me this book and it had all these people from the book, the secret that I, I loved that helped me when I was younger and just keeping a positive, positive mental attitude and whatnot. But it really, it was, it, it had a good section about um, absorbing negativity and hate and how that could really, it could, it could self-destruct us over time. And like that 1%, like you said, that 99% and is, is great. And we have to just kind of learn to stay balanced, but for whatever reason, that 99% we can feel great, have the most amazing day, and we're, we feel loved. And then that 1% creeps through, and it just it somehow penetrates us. And she kind of had a really good thing. And, and talking to actually Ken Shamrock, too, which is crazy, the, 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 one of the baddest men on the planet, he said, he goes, Ryan, if I respond, he goes, I respond with love and kindness. 
And she had a very similar thing. And I found for me, the one thing that helped me not absorb it, because we're all going to get it. And I forget about it 10 minutes later. And, but you, you, you get it and you feel it. I found responding back to the people and not saying you have to do it every time, but if there's a really, really shitty comment and it really, really penetrates me, I respond as nicely and as positive as I can to that person. And I'm still going to probably mute them or block them just to put closure on it. But I, for me, for whatever reason, it allows that comment not to bother me. And I know that I did my part to, cause that person in trying to have empathy and, and sympathy towards them and respond in kindness. But Ken brought up a really good point. He goes, when you do that, Ryan, he goes, he goes, then your millions of followers or the people that follow you get to do the dirty work for you. And he goes, it kind of exposes them uh, for being that way. And it like, essentially you respond with loving kindness and then your followers kind of do the cleanup work and go let that person know <laughs> that that's not cool. And they kind of get a double whammy of like, Hey, you don't have to, I feel so don't do this, but like, and then they get to feel what they are trying to do. And, you know, project that hate and negativity. And oftentimes I found that it really, really, it works really well, but it doesn't hurt. Like I feel good about the situation where I was like, that comment didn't get to me. And it's, it's taken a lot of time to build that up, like build that armor up. I say, so that that 1% doesn't penetrate through that's helped me at least. I do the exact same thing. I will have a troll comment, whether it's something about an interview or my looks or an outfit, anything. And I'll be like, hey, buddy, thanks for your opinion. It means so much to me. Quote, retweet. My fans will see what I wrote. They'll see what that dude wrote. Next thing you know, they're just attacking him. They're on him. And I'm like, hey, I was nice. My fans are great. Let it be. (laughs) I I was going to ask you that. That blows me. Like, you get, like, like, what kind of, like, hate and negativity. Like, I just can't imagine people attacking you for that. Oh, I get it every day. Wrestlers are one thing, and I get because people get the characters mixed up, and like, but like, what what is it that people, what kind of things is there to possibly to be negative and hate about with what you do? I really don't know, and that's not me saying, oh, I'm perfect. Like by no means am I, but I don't know. I like to think I go in there, I do a job, I'm professional. My interviewees always love the interviews. Everyone's smiling, we're laughing. I'm enjoying myself. I don't really know. I don't know if a lot of it comes out of a place of envy where I'm with a lot of people's idols or those people they watched growing up on television. I genuinely couldn't tell you, but I get those comments daily. I'll get the ones about my looks. You're too big. You're too skinny. You're this, you're that, you're ugly, you're whatever. Or it'll be, this interview was so boring. While the whole time in the interview, everyone's just like having a laugh and a good time. It's, I think people just make stuff up a lot of the time out of a place of, I think it's a mix between jealousy and maybe their own confidence, to be quite honest, just like when it goes back to old school bullying, you know, but um, I really couldn't tell you. And I totally get if my style of interviewing isn't everyone's cup of tea. Some people might like the less conversational, laid back, fun interviews, and they might want things that are more like a quick fire, like, hey, this isn't a conversation. I have a list of questions. I want the answers. Give them. That's not my style, though. And if people, uh, you know, I always say, if you don't like what I do, you don't have to follow me and you don't have to watch it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing too. I tell like with, I like not everyone, like I'm okay with people not liking me and cause we're all different. We all have our brains are all work 
in different ways with different stories and there's things that, that are going to appeal to us. To me, it's the, sometimes I don't think people understand. I was like, I'll mute or block somebody if I think that the fact that you're taking time to stop and project that negativity and hate. Like that's, I see things I don't, don't agree with or like all the time on social media, but I'm not going to stop and actually leave a comment and, and cause it, I just know that it's not going to do, it's not going to make me feel good at the end of the day. It's not going to make them feel good. And there's only more negativity and hate's going to come from that. That's what I try to tell you, just speak up about is like the, t- the fact that you're taking the time to stop and project that hate and negativity. Like that's where you need to stop yourself. And the, the, the it would, social media would be so much better. And, and you have people that, well, I'm, it's free speech. I'm just, my opinion, I'm like, it's great. But if you want to say that in real life to somebody, you probably shouldn't say it online either. And you got to have that filter in place still on, on social media, but just don't take the time to project it. But that, again, everyone works in different ways and whatnot, but it, it amazes me that, that that goes on for someone like you as well. And it's like, if you don't like something, just simply move on. There's something that you will like out there, but I think we too, people in general, sometimes like being unhappy or focusing on the negative and being angry. So they fuel that anger with more anger and things they don't like. And it's just a vicious cycle. Oh, the funniest thing, though, is I can't imagine someone coming up to you and, like, talking shit. Like, I would love to it's see nev- that. It's Alicia, like- <laughs> it's never happened once in my entire pro wrestling career. <laughs> Everyone in person is so nice. And I'm like, That's where are all these mean people? <laughs> yeah, no, I've never had a fan come up, or I guess a troll. I've never had one come up to me at a show and say something negative, not once. And I've been doing, I did music for about four years. Um, and then it transferred into music and wrestling. And wrestling I've been doing it for about two, two and a half. And not once. I've never had anything negative, never anything yelled at me when I'm in ring hosting or anything. It's, it's always so friendly and positive. And that's because people also are such cowards. And they can just, you know, it's those keyboard warriors that, have you, you've watched like Jay and Bob strike back. Yeah. Remember at the end when they're like, oh, are you like stoner guy 69? And then they end up like attacking the dude at the door. It's like, <laughs> he's like this little nerdy kid. It's like, you would just never say that to someone's face. But since they're behind this computer and they can be anonymous, they have no issues spewing it. I just, uh, I try to understand people. And then I'm like, it's not worth it. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no <laughs> point. Yep. You're never going to understand. You're never going to understand. They only understand from their own perception of reality. And it's like I said, there's billions of people. We'll drive ourselves crazy trying to make everybody understand and whatnot. But I always, do you ever had appearances? I've sometimes too, and I'll be sitting there or people are walking by and I've been at conventions. I go, I wonder if that guy's a shit talker. Like, I'll like, look, I can kind of see, I go, that guy looks like he might've sent me a bad message before. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the other side of, for me, at least when it comes to trolls is you get a lot of those like super creepy messages. And, um, that's something that you get on the daily too. So for me, I'll sit there and I'll often wonder like, huh, is this guy one of those guys who like asked me for photos of my feet, but has no profile picture. Like you just don't know. And it's a, that's the other thing. It's like, I love meeting fans because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have the views and this, the, the life that I have. Like, I'm so thankful for so it. So many great but fans, yeah. Have, oh, amazing ones. But there are the ones that just like come and stare at you and then just walk away. And you're <laughs> like, what just, what just happened? Like, am I in a dream right now? Like, this is so weird. So, yeah, I always wonder, like, that's definitely the guy that asked me for feet pictures. Like, you just you just don't know. <laughs> See, that's like a whole other thing. I can't imagine being a, a, a woman with social media. Now, like that, you actually had funny with 
my buddy Chris Van Vliet there. I saw yeah. the interview with him, and I laughed so hard because as soon as he started talking about wrestlers and then sliding into your DMs, I go, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "What a great question!" And then when you you answered you go with the interviews that you do with the different wrestlers or whatever, that like eighty five percent slide into your DMs. Is that a thing? Well, when I first started, it was a lot. Like it's definitely gone gone down now. Don't um, worry, I'm not going to do that, Alicia. Just so you, for the record, <laughs> um, it's one of those things though where a lot of people don't know you at first. They don't know if you're in a relationship or not, and it's just like it's not even like a, a friendly like. Oh yeah, that's an attractive way to like try to like be with somebody or just friendly. It's like just so slimy, and you can just tell a lot of people just try it with anyone that comes their way, or you see them like with fans all the time, just being like really slimy and i'm like dude it's not gonna f i'm like here to do a job for one like i think a lot of people at first and this was a perception i never wanted being a female in wrestling it's like oh this girl's coming in she doesn't know a thing about wrestling she just wants to be around dudes and like trunks and shit i'm like no that was never the case for wow. me i can be in a locker room i can be in a locker room every dude or every female is like you know you know everyone changes in the back and stuff especially yeah. like the Independence and is an like, entirely different thing. Like WWE, 100%. like or the, there's locker rooms for men and women. Like independence, everyone's in one place typically. So yeah, yeah, everyone's in one spot. And I'm not even thinking like, oh look, someone's with their shirt off. Oh, this girl's changing and like it doesn't phase me. It's like I walk in and I'm like, yo, bro, you cool to go in ten? Yeah, sure, I'm out. Like that's all. It's one of those weird things. And so I think once people realized this girl's been a wrestling fan since she was a kid. She's actually like can do her job properly. I think that perception went away super quickly because coming into this, I did have to prove myself. People were like, this girl has a following. She's only been doing wrestling for a year. Why is this? Oh, why is she selling merch at a show? La, la, la. And it's one of those things where I really had to like prove myself. And I feel like now people understand like I'm in it because I really love wrestling and I love meeting people and I enjoy entertaining. Like it's so much fun. So. I, I don't know. It was a little frustrating at first, but I feel like people get it now. No, absolutely. It takes time to, it's like anything that you do. It, it there's, and in a lot of, oftentimes people will stop or give up, you know, those early stages because that, that is the most difficult. And it's like, I knew take, like even my show, I didn't want to interview people for the longest time. I just wanted to have, like, just, I didn't care. I didn't care about anything other than just getting my personality out there outside to, to kind of combat the stigma of whatever people thought in as many different outlets as possible with social media. But once I made the, the switch and I go, all right, this is Randit's course. I want to start talking to people. I want to start getting something out of this and learning and getting these different people on. And I, I love like the Joe Rogan format and what he does and, and where I was like, if I'm helping myself and learning, I think my listeners get, can really start getting something out of this. Then I can start providing some value back to my listeners outside of just whatever entertainment, if any, if there is there and whatnot, but you got to build up when I, I remember it was nerve wracking for me at first. Cause I was like, I'm not, I talk over people. Sometimes I have to really get, start practicing this and just start interviewing. And I started with friends and wrestlers that I knew to kind of get a little bit of steam and, but getting a list of people. And then where and I'm sure I could have reached out to different people at different points, but it, having access and you start building up kind of a list, but for someone like you, you have to prove yourself. You have to get over essentially, which a lot of people can't get over. But you have, it takes time, and you got to stay consistent. And you know that girl that's there the first year that they might think is this creepy girl hanging out in the locker room that's 
whatever, you know, by year three, oh, wow, this is a woman that's really good at interviewing, that loves pro wrestling, that people like doing her show and talking to her. And it just takes time to kind of change the perception or, or whatnot. But that, that's a testament to you and just knowing what you want and just riding it out. Absolutely. And it wasn't like I'd walk into a locker room and everyone was a certain way. It's just, you know, a, a lot of the time in locker rooms, it's like so many of these dudes are like brothers to me. And I love that there's that family atmosphere and vibe in these these locker rooms because you don't get to hang with these people all the time. I'm sure you know it. You're always on the road or have different bookings and appearances. And then you'll be at a show and you're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in like three yeah. months, man. How's it been? And there was always that kind of brotherhood backstage. And then there was always that like one dude who was a little weird and would try shit. And then my brothers would be looking at him like, <laughs> all right, you can, back, you can back off now. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something I, I dealed with by, or dealt with. But I feel like it's something that whether you're male or female, there's always going to be people, whether it's in wrestling or music, yep. like it's, it's just the way it is, especially in showbiz. So I kind of learned that quickly and was like, this is not what I, this is just, I'm not, I'm not in it for, for that at all. And, yeah. you know, um, I think once, I think the moment someone would sit down with me and I start asking them questions and like really well-researched questions, they were like, Oh shit. Like, all right, she's here for a reason. Like, and I'm not even talking about like guys hitting on me or anything. I just mean in general, yep. like whether I was sitting down with a female who was like, why is she here? Why is she in our locker room? I feel like once I sat down with them and they saw like, okay, yes, she does have that skill set. She's passionate. I think that's when it, it changed people's minds. And they're like, all right, cool. Let's like welcome her in. And she's, she's one of us. She might not be a wrestler, but like she, she's part of this job now. Like she has airtime. She's doing this and that, like, you know, let's, let's be cool. And that's Absolutely. all I want. I just want to be somewhere welcoming where I can have fun and do my job properly. And, everyone's enjoying themselves now that brings me by to my next question what for you and was in setting goals and whatnot and now being a part of of aew was that always was that one of the goals as you got into this with the wrestling or did you have any goals when you started interviewing wrestlers and and kind of going that way with the music away from the music or, or combining it with the music what was did you have are you one of those like the type of person that that writes your goals down or did you just kind of have an idea and just go for it. And like, you know what I mean? A little more free flowing on that end. Yeah. So for AEW, I worked their double or nothing show, which was amazing. And uh, they have TV coming up. So it's one of those things where they're kind of finalizing their, their broadcast team and their last yeah. steps. So I'm like super psyched to see uh, what comes out of that. But yeah, I, I definitely have a vision. I know where I want to be. I know who I want to interview next, what convention I'd like to be at next. Uh, I'm very organized in that sense. And then that's, I think that's why I'm so, I don't want to use, I don't want to say hard headed, but just so, so driven to get stuff done because I always have that checklist. I always have that next goal and I'm not really happy until I get it because I yeah. really, you know, it's those little milestones that, that make everything worth it. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I've always been a planner, so I definitely know that the things my eyes are set on set on next. No, that's good. I think it's, it's, I always tell people because we always hear, and I, I like to write things down and have little different vision boards at times and whatnot. But I also sometimes don't like to have on certain things specific things because I, I have a, an end goal, but I sometimes I feel like uh, with goals, you could overmap them sometimes, at least for mm -hmm. myself, where it became very robotic, where it took a little bit of the enjoyment out of it for me on certain things. So then I, I adjusted. Like I have different. I, Crazy, I have different ways of setting goals on different things and whatnot. Some I'll be super ultra specific on and others not quite so much. But I think it's great 
like I'm excited with everything going on with AEW and with with that and NXT and AEW, uh, WWE that there's and we have impact and there's different options now for wrestlers and I think it's a really really cool thing and I hope that every wrestler and every fan should be keeping their fingers crossed that I like I I want this all to go amazing because I think it's just better for the more places there are to work for the talent the more money there is to make for everybody and the and the better the product typically is because there's more competition and you have to be on top of your game so I think we're entering a really 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 cool period here this upcoming year and I'm curious to see how it all plays out super exciting because as someone who's like independent within wrestling um which is so funny to say i'm not a wrestler but it's it's the truth i can like bounce between companies and i can kind of choose where i want to go yeah. being, being my own boss and yes it would be like amazing to hunker down and be with with one brand it's definitely not out of the question for me but it's one of those things where uh it's cool like i was able to do double or nothing and then i was at starcast and then a week later i had a hometown show that had like a really amazing crowd and some great stars and then you can interview wwe talent the week later yep. and it's just it's really cool seeing like whoa all these brands are doing awesome stuff they all have amazing talent and you get to interact with all of them so and that's just from my perspective as someone who's in the industry who's also a fan as a fan, it's like, holy shnikes, like how much television can you really watch? Yep. There is so much, which is great. I'd rather, I'd always rather there be too much than too little, you know, set, set those DVRs guys, because yeah. there is going to be, oh, there's going to be so much stuff coming their way. It's, it's pretty crazy. You brought up a thing. This is actually, and for me, my, so, and it's great, like in, in being with WWE, I'm beyond grateful uh, and to have my brand to actually own everything. And now that my health is almost, completely back to normal with all these damn stem cell procedures I've had. I actually now, and like, I didn't, I was late to the party on YouTube. I, it was the one thing and I knew I didn't want to be necessarily seen. I just wanted to kind of do my stuff and outside of my social media. And a few months ago, and it, it came to my attention and somebody reached out. They're like, I had my YouTube channel, but it wasn't doing anything. Nobody knew it existed. I think I had like 3000 subscribers. My focus was not on it at all. I had a guy that would throw the, podcast up that nobody saw on there because nobody knew I had the channel and I finally I was like I'm feeling good I, I knew I wanted to start doing different things like with my workouts and, and kind of showing people my progress here and for the supplements and whatnot but I we got the Ryback TV going on YouTube and all of a sudden it's I, I think we're we just passed 80,000 subscribers and it's been like three oh, months wow, awesome. of putting thank you the the content on there but it opened my eyes because I go, that's the one social media platform that rewards us and pushes out my content, whereas Instagram and Facebook kind of, the engagement has gone down tremendously with their algorithms. And since I pulled my ad money on there and went to other places, it's kind of, they've cracked down even harder on a lot of my stuff. YouTube, though, pushes out my stuff. But for me, like right now, you're living the ultimate life right now because you're in control. And not that everyone necessarily wants that, but for me, after working for a major company and being restricted and, and creatively on different things, I go, I have the most amazing opportunity now, now that my health is back. And like for me, I'm going to be using my Ryback TV because I believe wrestling is overproduced and there's too much of it out there. And it's just by nature the way that the business is and having TV networks. I go, we all have our own TV channels at YouTube if we want. And I said, 
I'm doing like things and putting random silly food things on there and comedy skits. And people are giving me their feedback saying they love it. And I go, the food things are the funniest thing I've seen in so long. <laughs> I had no idea that there was this, there was a thing because I don't consume oh a lot of YouTube. God. So yeah. I'm going to now use it to, I go, when I do take my bookings and I start bookings at the end of the year again, is, is just getting my matches, the raw footage of those, and vlogging the weekend. I said, I don't have to wrestle nearly as much as I would if I go to a promotion. I make my money on my ad revenue through my YouTube, so I don't have to be so uptight about getting even a, a certain level of revenue from my appearances because the, the money is in the content that I'm going to be putting on my channel moving forward, that the way that we're growing and doing my workout and fitness stuff, and then incorporating my wrestling and vlogging the weekends and doing unscripted promos, that I could work for any promotion I want to work for and not put myself out there too much because somebody wants to keep me on TV three times a week or whatever it is and keep my body healthy and run all my other stuff that I'm doing. So for me, I've just kind of like had an awakening. I go, oh, the end goal isn't to go back to TV. I have my own TV, which you have your own okay. TV. And I think it's a great point like, because the moment you do sign on with a big organization, it, you do lose a, a portion of control because you're working for somebody else. And that's great if that because like, that's part of the game. But if you could work for yourself and still do everything that you love, it's the most liberating, free thing in the world, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely a good feeling because, you, you know, the way that I have it is I'm able to wake up. I'm able to control everything that I have coming up. You know, I have a really cool tour coming up this weekend where I'm in New York and New Jersey doing a bunch of dates. And then afterwards, I get to travel more and. I get to communicate with every single person who wants to book me or hire me. And I get to say yes. And then, you know, the rare time, if it you know, just doesn't work out logistically or whatever, you get to say no. And you get to choose where you travel to, who you work with, the people you surround yourself with. It's just, it's a really exciting thing to think this like 16 year old girl who started a random blog as a hobby now is her own boss. Like I never imagined that for myself. And the fact that I'm, I'm able to do that now is really cool. And the fact that getting signed or actually being brought on somewhere is still an option. Like that's exciting to me too, because you never know which brands will let you still have some individuality and still have, you know, your own stuff. And I've heard many different deals and it's, it's very, it's very cool to see the many options that are out there. So yeah, I, I do enjoy being my own boss, though. I, I got to say, it's it's pretty fun. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. and it's, it's great inspiration for people in out there. I think you continue doing what you are because it puts out a very good message that you, if you have a, a passion and a drive to do something, we could truly, and you apply yourself and put in that 10x work and really, really, really push yourself that there's there's nothing that we can't do if we really want it. So congratulations on all your success. and. I know you, you have an appointment here. You have a busy day. I always like to ask everyone to, to wrap up these conversations. If, if you could give one piece of advice to the listeners out there that something that's helped you the most in your life thus far, what would that be? Don't be scared of the no's because all it takes is one yes. You can get a hundred doors just completely slammed in your face. Uh, so many no's thrown your way. I was given tons. And then I had this one yes come around and it, it changed everything for me so don't don't be scared of of failure 
because that'll be your, your biggest it won't be the it won't be the actual failure that stops you it'll be your fear of failure that stops you from achieving anything so just don't be don't be scared guys go out there make an ass of yourself if you you know if you have, if you have to sometimes, sometimes you look like a total goof especially in in wrestling and that's the best part of it just have fun and yeah don't don't be scared of the nose because it just takes one simple yes i love that and that's spot on Alicia, thank you very much. Where can people find you with your Instagram and, and website? Yeah, all you guys uh, would have to do is just type up Alicia2.com in the Google box and you will find my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, everything's on there. It's just Alicia2. And yeah, I absolutely love meeting fans. I love chatting with you guys. I'm very open with everybody about how I'm feeling, how interviews are, uh, just shooting the breeze with people. So yeah, say hey, I love it. And thank you so much to you for just wanting me on here. This was an absolute blast, and I'm uh, I'm so psyched to be on here, so thank you. No, thank you very much, and I, I greatly, greatly appreciate your time. And no creepy DMs, guys, to Alicia. Be kind and respectful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you anytime very much. Anytime someone says that, anytime someone says that, I always end up getting like 30 more than I would have. <laughs> I'll edit that out then, Alicia. Don't disregard everything I just said, guys. <laughs> right? They, they take it as a challenge. Yes. <laughs> All right, Alicia, well, thank you very much. And guys, we will be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch. And that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, Join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. As for my personal friend, David Truitt, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. That's BioAccelerator, B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, 
gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we are back. We're here with the Pro Wrestling Report. we got Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. What's going on? Uh, a lot. This was kind of uh, the week where all the craziness starts. But uh, real quick, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Looking forward to... Um, Continuing to get healthy and uh, add more more things into my daily schedule. That's <laughs> <laughs> how it always is. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not taking stuff out; it's adding stuff in. But uh, I did yeah. see. I was going to say. I was going to tell you. I actually because doing a little thing on with with you guys just for the for the podcast and whatnot. And I looked at the site yesterday and saw because I, I I try I do my best to not look at wrestling sites for the most part because I think it can drive a wrestler crazy if you do that. <laughs> And I've seen it with them. And then uh, there was the one on um, from last week talking about the Ryback TV going, doing the uh, get my matches and whatnot. And on that, it had to do with that. And yeah. I saw there there were a few people that didn't quite understand anything of it. I just it made me chuckle. But <laughs> yeah, comment section and social media and stuff can. Uh... Drive you nuts at times. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I look at it as like, they, they didn't listen. They don't have any concept of it, but it always makes me smile. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, this week, uh, one big thing that happened that could have uh, big ramifications in wrestling. Uh, it's not known yet, but, uh, a, a bill was signed into law in the California state legislature, um, which it kind of strictly defines, uh, what an independent contractor is in, in California. And uh, it's to provide protections to, it, it's mainly aimed at contractors like Uber and Lyft drivers, yeah. which basically uh, says that a company must prove, and this is from Sports Illustrated, a company must prove that any pro- prospective independent contractor is free from the total control and direction of the company in its performance of the work, and that the work that they do is outside the usual course of the company's business, and finally, that the worker maintains independent business in the same field outside of that company. Obviously, none of those uh, apply to pro wrestlers. Uh, they are not free from control and direction of the company. The work that they do is not outside the usual course of the company's business. The company's business is pro wrestling. And the wrestler does not maintain independent business in the same field outside of that company. Um, right back, uh, what are your thoughts on this law? And do you think it could have any effects on wrestling? Well, I think it's a first step into something kind of happening. California, uh, obviously, being as large as they are and uh, being the first ones to, to be proactive on this. With, and again, it's, it's for, the, for the Uber, the Lyft drivers. I think it's for like, in, like Instacart, I think, all oh, like the, the grocery delivery, all those services uh, and whatnot for those people. I think it, it, it's, that is, has been done strategically for them or specifically for them. Uh, I don't know how this impacts pro wrestling. I just know if this is now the discussion, if this is starting to come up, though, I think it is only a matter of time before 
that starts spreading possibly. I don't know though. I think we got to kind of wait and see what happens. And it's one of those they anybody you talk to, and, and you know, from people like Jesse Ventura and and people that are, are really really knowledgeable in this area, and I am not one of those that they nobody understands how they've gotten away with it for this long to begin with. And it's one of those things that just makes you kind of scratch your head. And I hope for pro wrestlers' sake that it, it something does come of this at some point. And I know Sports Illustrated, I, I, I did an interview with them with that piece they put out. And it's hopefully we're just taking steps in the right direction as, as time continues to move on. And at WWE at some point in, in larger pro wrestling, you know, AEW and whatnot, that, that things are going to have to change for, for the betterment of the pro wrestlers to protect them. And I, I think you see that with any industry, things evolve and improve as time goes on. Wrestling has always just been behind everything because Vince has somehow been able to finagle his way around the system one way or another. But I think it's a good thing, and I think it, it's, a, it's a very important thing that California is at least taking steps for, for those people, and I think it's only a matter of time before it kind of starts spilling over into other areas, wrestling specifically. Now, now, when you wrestle a live event in California, are, are you are you basically in WWE? Are you, are you given one check at like every two weeks, um, regardless of where you wrestle, or are you paid after after the show? Because I know independent shows, you're you're paid right after, correct? Correct. Uh, so with WWE, how how does that work? Their their pay system is is odd. They're like they just started. I mean, WWE never even had direct deposit with with the uh, up until. When I was there, we used to get checks mailed to us all the time. I remember being all throughout developmental and even the beginning of my time in WWE, before that, the the direct deposit thing even happened, having to go to the mailbox to get my weekly checks and and like and sometimes checks would be lost and you'd have to like go through a whole process. It was always kind of we all were always kind of baffled by that that this big of, of a corporation didn't have even direct deposit. But as far as the the shows, they don't do the draws anymore where they give you cash. Or anything like that after the shows. And so if you go and you wrestle, like if it's say you go to California and you wrestle, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell's coming up there and you do that pay-per-view, they typically hold that pay for a certain period of time too and whatever they do with it. Some I've heard random stories of them. They they have uh, separate bank accounts and different things where they make interest on it before they pay out the talent and whatnot. But you will get paid. Like I lived in Nevada. I live in Nevada. So, and, and there's no state taxes here. WWE will sometimes divide up the money where, say you're going to make $10,000 for your pay-per-view match or $20,000 or whatever, $5,000. And they may like divide up a portion and put some of that in Nevada so that you're not paying as much state taxes to California. But there's always a delay on it. Unless it's, if it's TV or a live event, usually it's two weeks time behind but if it's a pay-per-view it's a longer i don't know if it's three months or two months or there's a delay on the pay-per-views or the network specials or at least there was when i was there but there's no like uh, draws anymore they don't give you like cash at the shows or anything of that nature so do you get basically like one check a week for all the tvs and live <clears throat> events that you did and they like is it broken out like what that what that check is for yeah so the check so and, and i have all my stuff here like i could I mean, it will usually be, so if they're two weeks behind and then checks, they, they're deposited on Friday, you still get your stubs in the mail every every week. 
it would be say in that most of the time the schedule when I was there was four live events and uh, or three live events and two TVs. So you'd have your your live events on there, and they'd be marked that you could see clearly the live event and the it's all broken down, and then the two TVs. And then if there was a pay per view on you know a whatever month that would be added in also, but that would be three months behind and added into, into whatever check wherever that fell in the in the placement wise, but. It was divided up three live events or two live events, two TVs, typically, in wherever the location was. And and so if you're brought to TV and not used, you're you're just paid like a basic, like a base for the base level for that TV. Yeah, well, I mean, oftentimes that you know, that whole it goes back to the Dean Ambrose thing, the John Moxley, that five hundred dollars. Yeah. That was there'd be times that I'm t- there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. You'd go, you can you can do nothing. You brought to TV and you do nothing. And you make five hundred dollars. Then sometimes you go to TV and you're wrestling in the main event and doing the dark main event, and your check is five hundred dollars for TV still. Which uh-huh. TV never made sense on a pay. And you talk to any any talent there, they'll tell you that. And then randomly, sometimes it would be decent. Then you would be like, the, it could be even at a TV that didn't look like it was sold out, and or you didn't feel like you did anything significant. And it might have just been you run out and do one thing, and you're like, "That was a night off," and you're you know you're paid fifteen hundred dollars for that TV randomly. It all goes down to they will break up pay though, typically, based on your downside. This is why, and, and Hunter and them like to bullshit and say downside doesn't matter. Every fucking wrestling talent, your downside fucking matters because what they do is they decide how much they're going to pay you every week based on your downside because you typically got to make your downside every week, and so they. Yeah. They will creatively find a way to always kind of hit that number, unless they're kind of they're you're kind of in with them for a little bit. They'll take care of you sometimes, and you'll make over that at times. So, and if they cancel, like if you were scheduled for TV, and then they tell you we don't need you, uh, is there still that five hundred dollars pay, or is it just nothing at that point? I mean, if you so if you don't travel on the road that week, I'm, yeah. I don't believe you would. You're not. I mean, I'm sure there's so many mistakes there. I'm sure it's happened where guys get paid for it sometimes. And right. whatnot. But if you're not try if if they flew you out there, then cancel it. They, they're probably going to give you the the TV thing for you going out there. But if you are just like you're not coming to TV this week, you're outside of your downside. You would just get paid your downside. There wouldn't be TV specifically on there broken down. But then, yeah. so no matter what your downside is, essentially, no matter what you're doing on the live events and how much you're booked. You, they typically will always kind of keep you around your downside as far as weekly pay goes. And mm-hmm. then out, action figures, royalties, networks, pay-per-views, that's where you start making over that that amount. And then if you're working main events, your pay will go up typically for that period. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, or it, it all just depends what your downside is, but they will keep you close to that downside usually on weekly pay. Yeah. And none of the, when your pay is higher than expected, none of that is explained. It's just, no. you just randomly see it. Yeah, and then when you ask questions, you can't, like, this is the thing where I told you about, it goes to that, if you start asking questions, red flags go up with them right away. And it's now they just have a factory line of talent they can move in and out that nobody really gives a shit about. So then it's, oh, well, we'll just plug, you know, part C into part A here and, you know, you're gonna if you're gonna keep talking or keep asking questions, we'll just kind of you know it, it, it's a really odd system. I've said from the beginning, and you've heard Jim Ross talk about it too, where it's like even if you win, you don't really win. 
because they're going to win at the end of the day because they have such control and power over everything there that until you make enough money and get enough like equity in you, in which this is why they, which takes years to do, they, they, they try to keep as many talent down as possible till they start. Cause once people start making money, then they have, they know they have a safety net, a safety nest to kind of get the fuck out if they want. They, it's the same thing going on in UFC and you hear about it with fighters. They're fucking their car. They don't want them making money because the system is so screwed up that once people start making money, they're going to start, they have, they, they know they can leave and they don't want that. And they want you to be reliant on them as long as possible. It's just, it's a real, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's like being in an abusive relationship that where they just keep coming. You know what I mean? Where they're afraid to leave. It's a really, really, really weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of speaking on that topic, uh, Cedric Alexander had been kind of getting a push recently. Uh, he's been getting more screen time on Raw. Uh, he faced AJ Styles at Clash of Champions. Um, and then surprisingly, that match was moved to the pre-show. It was short. Uh, AJ beat him cleanly, dom- you know, pretty dominant ending. And then afterwards, uh, him and the OC beat him up some more. Uh, usually when you see that, that usually seems to mean like someone's lost their push uh the next night uh aj pinned cedric again in a tag match now the report is uh the observer reports that uh vince mcmahon actually made the call that that he wanted to bury cedric alexander no reason why uh but uh there it is uh i don't know if it's just losing interest or what but it's something that i'm sure you've seen time and time again out there well it goes back you know to touch on this with you and with people, like I said, my last two matches there, and I talked about everything in detail on this, where it was supposed to be me and Vince, a handshake agreement, winning the world title, signing the new contract, go, doing the heel turn and going all the way with it and paying it off. That was part of our handshake agreement with all that. And then when that contract with my trademarks and they wanted me to sign that stuff over and I wouldn't do it and we started butting heads, got moved to the pre-show, went from supposedly winning the championship to now the U.S. title didn't sign the contract, so then putting over Kalisto for the, the Mania off the main card, now on the pre-show, and everyone said I, it was like re- received some backlash from, from that small portion of fans. Oh, you're full of shit, you're a liar. No, I've been saying the truth from the fucking beginning, and this is another example of somebody like Cedric, supposedly they had big plans for or, or whatever, with Paul liked him or wanted to do something with him. Yeah. Now, all this could have taken is Cedric could have asked one wrong question in the back regarding pay, just so everyone understands. And that one question, I'm not saying this happened or didn't happen, but he might have just just said, asked one thing that they were not happy about him inquiring about. Maybe it was a payout for a live event. And, well, we got to show him. And then they'll do something like this, which nobody on the outside can understand. Wait, this is crazy. Vince, Vince is soured on him. Vince probably didn't sour on him. It was Mark Carano, and he asked something about a payout, and this guy's asking questions. And they're well, we got to fucking show him who's boss real quick. That will typically shut the talent the fuck up because they're going to get scared because they know their pay is going to start going down, and they're going to start getting jobbed out. Their equity goes down, and then they're disposable. So, And that is a way to control talent. That's just one example. That could not have happened. So it could have just been something they just didn't want to push him anymore. But typically, I've seen this time and time again with people Something like that will happen. Well, they will just crack the whip to to give them a little ego check and see. And it's not even an ego check. It's just the guy might have got paid five hundred dollars for a, a live event he main evented and should have been paid two thousand dollars. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, this is the inner workings of what's going on there and how screwed up it is and how talent are are handcuffed. And and, and you got to like, you have to be really careful how much you speak up there until you get a little equity in you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Uh, It's, it's quite the system. Hopefully things start to change. Obviously AEW uh, right around the corner. NXT debuting this past week, beat them to the punch by a couple of weeks. They did one hour live on the USA network. The second hour was on uh, the network. That's going to continue next week uh, because of suits. The USA network series suits is finishing up uh, next week. And then after that head to head, once AEW debuts, uh, NXT will be live two hours uh, every Wednesday on USA. The premiere this past Wednesday drew 1.179 viewer, million viewers, so uh, almost 1.2 million viewers, uh, which is a pretty strong number. Uh, we've seen time and time again, though, the WWE B shows or the, the shows that aren't the main roster, you know, the quote unquote A shows uh, will often start off big and then, you know, drop. Yeah. Uh, we've seen that with ECW when they brought that. It did like 3 million viewers the first week and, you know, it was gone. Uh, not too long after that, which is crazy because you say three million raw doesn't even get that now. Oh no, <laughs> not even. Which close. is absurd because ECW back then it would just put the put that into perspective for people. That that's scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noted on Twitter that Impact in its last year uh, was doing about this number. It was doing about one point one eight million viewers, you know, in that neighborhood. So yeah. uh, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a a good premiere. Uh, You know, Raw this past week did 2.27 million viewers, up a little from last week's 2.13. And SmackDown was basically even. It did 2.06, which is basically what it did last week. So um, this looks kind of to be the ratings pattern for Raw and SmackDown. NXT, we'll have to see. What are your thoughts on the, the first week's number? I caught a good part of the show. And, and again, I think all the talent, everybody... Is, is young coming up and like hungry. I love it and whatnot. My concern is is just from, and I was thinking about this earlier, with the direction that wrestling is going with those, like the NXT, the AEW, it's almost like it, it, I'm watching it. You could take all the talent in the world. The, the, the teachings of wrestling have changed, I feel like, from when we came up in what it always used to be was about psychology and storytelling to now it's like you can get a room full of a hundred people and teach those hundred people all the same moves. If you go to a movie or, or you say you're watching game of Thrones and you're going to watch week after week after week, if it was just an hour every week of senseless killing with a bunch of just crazy acrobatic killing moves and people getting killed in different ways with no story, no story, just, just straight up killing every week. Would the average viewer be inclined to tune in week after week out? And I always say that two elephants fucking. You see it. You see it once. It's oh, that's cool. A couple times, but after a while, it's just two elephants fucking. This is my belief in the direction that pro wrestling is going, and why casual viewers have tuned out is nobody gives a fuck about senseless killing or mindless moves, and because anybody could do that. And, and there's so much more that goes into be, being a pro wrestler and being charismatic and, and talking and intensity and believability, believability. Watch if you're watching Game of Thrones and it's a bunch of people that don't look like they should be fighting. Another thing like that, or 
are people going to, are regular people going to tune into that? And this is that, this is just me looking at this from a pro wrestler standpoint and what I saw the system, what it is and where I see the direction going. I, I, I just, I don't know. I think that number is a decent number for them their first week on that. And I'm very curious to see where it goes. And when NXT, when AEW, you know, starts up here, and then the, the people are going to be, they have DVR. And I'm, I'm going to be really curious to see in the months ahead where these numbers start kind of averaging out and whatnot. And what starts happening with Raw and SmackDown once these other shows are all all going. And Impact has their, their on TV here. And I don't know. But I watched it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't finish the whole show. I watched about 40-something minutes. And I was, I was good. I had a good enough idea and whatnot. And, and again, amazing talent. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know. Like for me, like I, I feel like you need a story, no matter what in pro wrestling, you need it story. It was always about storytelling, no matter how good or how shitty the story was. And it wasn't just what moves are we going to see and announcers going crazy over moves that we see day in and day out. Like, it's just weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I have used your <laughs> Game of Thrones, that exact analogy many times. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when people say that wrestling has changed, you got to evolve with the style. I mean, that's that's one thing. If the popularity is increasing and I'm not into it, then then that's something with me. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, but if the popularity is decreasing and I'm, I'm finding myself getting less and less interested, well, it's, there's. Yeah, there's more there and uh and that's, everyone that's feels thing. that that's a lot of people feel that way that have tuned out and people that were in the business that don't watch anymore and everyone says well the fans are now running the business the marks have jumped the guardrail and they're the ones and i believe it's because they're not as talented as psychology wise as, as the people that came before us and this is the easier way out just doing moves and it, yeah. i'm telling you this isn't to say they're not learning other things nxt has a great system down there and whatnot but when the focus goes Anybody from any generation, you could put Bret Hart, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and all these guys, and, and any generation of talent, Stone Cold, The Rock, Hunter, and the emphasis is, okay, guys, let's just learn as many moves. We're not going to keep, we're taking the emphasis off believability, intensity. We're just, now, let's learn as many acrobatic moves as we can. And that and that's, that's all day, every day, that's all we're going to learn. And everybody, and, and Stone Cold's doing hurricanes, and because he can learn that move very easily. Anybody can. Yeah. It's never what pro wrestling was about. And like you're going to have guys that that's their style. But when all of a sudden the focus is just on mindless moves, I don't know if that's a draw. Yeah. I'm going to go and say it's not. That's so far. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing, you know, companies without much popularity increasing a little, but you're not seeing them drawing millions of viewers. And no. uh, so, well, yeah, and the I, other I thing is social media is confusing a lot of people because the fan base, that fan base, and maybe that fan base has grown a little bit, but everyone thinks because now they can see everything on social media that it's popular. There's a difference between social media and television still to a degree and whatnot. And people just like, something getting a, a, a hashtag and, or trending on Twitter and whatnot. And I get it. And that's part of the culture now, but I think ratings are, are because the, here's the thing. If football and game of Thrones and all these other, the NBA, if those ratings were all tanked as well, then you could clearly see, you know what, this is, everything is now social media. This is where the focus is. This is what truly matters. Every TV show is taking a hit. That's not the case. So other shows and football, they're doing be numbers better than ever. Yeah. So but, I just don't get it. 
yeah, football's up. Uh, Game of Thrones had you know w- went up each season uh, yeah. and just was did, did their biggest numbers ever their final season. So, yeah, I mean, people uh, love the excuses, but ultimately the popularity is dying. Yeah, down. in movie The Rock, you know, they did the Hobbs and Shaw movie that drew huge numbers. People, you know what I mean? Like that, right. that people went and sat for however long that was and, and watched that where you're not allowed to have your phone typically in the theaters, which is a huge, you know, testament to that. So I just, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> and I love this isn't to, this is just talking very openly about this and my concern and from talent I know in wrestling that I talk to that are in the system that, that feel the same way and where it, it's just like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, uh, I used to have a bunch of friends would come over to watch wrestling and the wrestling pay-per-views. I, I don't get one now, you know. To, really? N- no one watches it. I'm the only one, so. That's uh, not good. Like, that's, no. I mean, that's, that's the audience that has gone away. Yeah. And people, and I'm telling you, John Laurinaitis was always, and he'll get shit from some people, but he had, was great at finding stars uh, and people that looked larger than life. And this isn't to say... You don't need everybody like that. You need a balance of people. But it goes back to even like you do need storytelling. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know, man. And you need to do that whole X factor thing. That is a very real thing. I, and I, it's missing from pro wrestling in many ways. It is. I, I agree. AEW debuting in a couple of weeks. Uh, their show is going to be called Dynamite. That was kind of expected. So, yeah, they officially announced this week it will be called Dynamite. It is going to air live across the country. So on the West Coast, it'll be on at uh, 5 o'clock. Okay. So, so, you know, we'll see uh, if their numbers take a hit on the West Coast a little bit. SmackDown, they officially announced uh, that it's going to be live on the Central and Eastern uh, time zones. Mountain Time Zone is going to be a one-hour delay. It's going to start at 7, which is when prime time starts in Mountain Time Zone. And then on the Pacific, it's going to start at 8, so it's going to be on a two-hour delay. But fans can also watch it live uh, wherever you are on the Fox Sports app. So uh, the local news usually is on at 6, so, you know, obviously uh, SmackDown had to, uh, they had kind of had to move SmackDown around for the the local news. So while they're treating it like sports, it's not exactly sports because, like, they would not air football on a delay. Or now you said for AEW they're going to be airing that Pacific like I'm in Vegas. That's going to be at five o'clock or eight o'clock. Uh, it, it's going to be at five o'clock on TV. Five o'clock. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that that's a hit. That's not great necessarily on that. Yeah. Just because, and maybe going into the winter it gets darker a little early. But people typically are working till five or six out here and whatnot. But that, again, that's an older audience. Kid wise, I don't know how that, and I don't know how much kids are. are to be viewing into that and whatnot that's because like um smackdown and uh raw is always on at, at eight o'clock still out here it's delayed but right. it, it's at least at that prime time slot so that they'll be curious to see how that impacts their numbers yeah yeah i, I remember like, we had direct tv and so direct tv was live everywhere yeah. um but you know you're in rush hour traffic usually around that time so or what so are your thoughts on the dynamite name uh, it's not the worst name I've heard. Um, it, it it does sound very trying to bring bring back Nitro to me, and uh, it does have a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, bringing in Tony Schiavone and uh, doing all these things, which I think is cool. I'm a big fan of that era. I I don't know. 
a lot of those guys just seem like a lot bigger stars. We, you know, going back to the promos, uh, the old school stars feel like bigger stars today. So when you bring in a Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, guys like that, they just kind of outshine the younger talent. And I, I think to your point that they, they need to work more on promos and storytelling. Um, That's always been that. And I get, and somebody said there's this book, Blue Ocean Strategy, where it's a business book and taking an entirely different approach to business and going after a different consumer. And, and that that's what AEW was doing with theirs. And I, I read the book several times. I actually listened to it several times. And, and I just, the formula was not broken on pro wrestling. And there's not another, and I get that this is why they're maybe saying they're not competing with WWE and they're just going after that smaller audience. But from a business standpoint, that book is about just trying to create a, a product that in reaching the masses that nobody else is doing. I think though the interest is not there at a mass level with this product. I'm not saying it, just that style. Like I don't, and I think that, that, that we are seeing this time and time again. So again, you got to try it. You get, we got to see. But uh, typically, we see these things spike early on, and then they will interest will fade as time goes on. If there is no depth and substance to it with promos and storytelling and you're bringing in a lot of people that don't have experience TV wise on that. And it's an entirely different thing going and wrestling on an independent show and getting uh, some pops doing some, some spots to then being able to captivate people on TV. And, and it's, it's a different thing and we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Kenny Omega taking some shots at NXT, basically saying that they're, uh, you know, their main roster guys and NXT, uh, what you're seeing on NXT is so, so basically what he said is with AEW, uh, you're going to see 10,000 plus arenas sold out. Uh, you're going to see smiles on fans faces and you're going to see real stars, not de- developmental talent, but real stars appearing on our television sets every week. So taking a shot at NXT. Um, so yeah, I mean, the war is real. Uh, yeah. I don't know what, uh, if, if you're going to roster up and down the roster, I think now if you take you take Omega and uh, a handful of guys that do moves really well, okay. And again, we're just talking moves. And and you got well, like a handful of guys on the AEW roster out of their whole roster. You got Jericho, Moxley, and Cody that are at true from True TV as far as uh, that experience. And I can't and Spears Spears too. Give him that uh, Dillinger and. Uh, NXT, those guys, I mean, they, those people have been doing TV down there essentially at full sale on the network. It, the way it's ran, it's ran essentially just like WWE TV. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. They're going to, both sides are going to take shots and whatnot. It, it's, I think yeah. that that's, it's just moves. That's, and there's, that's not WWE, Raw, SmackDown, and knowing how to get over at a massive level with the casual audience. That's a different skill. And I, I question how many, you know, Jericho and, and Dean and Cody. Are the only three they have that know how to do that. So to some degree. Yeah. Do you think it'll be an issue uh, down the road th- that the most push guys, at least in the beginning, are executive vice presidents? I'm sure I'm sure right now everyone's just happy that there's an alternative and, and uh, all great. But a year from now, if it's still Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in the top spots, the other guys aren't getting over to that level. It makes sense for them to be in the top spots. But do you think there could be some uh, backlash from talent just because they are executive vice presidents? Oh, absolutely. Over time, that's a, that's another thing that those roles, you know, I get maybe starting them out there until they get things, but should they maybe fill those role, roles with other people or stop wrestling? I, I don't, that's that's a tough, I, I'm not, 
I'm glad I'm not in that in that position because that's that's always going to be the criticism when you're in a position of power in pro wrestling. You know, the promoter who books himself as champion, so to speak. It's you see that all around the the the, the world with different indie promotions right. and whatnot. I don't know. I don't know. They then I don't know how good all their those guys' friendship is, but eventually if you know, a year from now and all that other talent that they have there it, and everything's kind of the same or they start bringing in some names and those names are kind of held at certain levels and we start seeing some politics going on. I don't know. Again, that's just all hypothetical. We're just going to have to wait and see. Right now it's early. They got to get TV. They got to fill those arenas and, and they got to get ratings. And yeah. it's, they're going to have, they have their hands full. And I want them to hopefully they succeed at every level and prove everybody wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, that week we got WWE moving to Fox. Uh, SmackDown's really starting to, I mean, uh, Fox is really starting to do the promotional uh, push for SmackDown debuting. Uh, they are going to have a blue carpet special, and they're also going to air a couple of WWE specials before uh, that happens. So they're going to have a, a SmackDown's greatest hit special on uh, Friday, September 27th hosted by Charlotte Flair and The Miz, and then they're going to have WrestleMania's Legendary Moments on Sunday, September 29th, uh, narrated by John Cena. And the Blue Carpet Special will take place on the day of the premiere on October 4th, before the show. And Brock Lesnar, wrestling his first match in 15 years on television, uh, is returning, will face Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship on that show. So they're going all out. Yeah, no, it will be uh, interesting to see because, uh, again, this is it's always a challenge, too. They're they're switching networks and days mm-hmm. on their show, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All at the same time. Tuesday to Friday that week, yep. And to a different network, which yeah. whatever casual people that you have that aren't as caught up on everything, it, I'm really curious to see what that number, if it comes in as strong or if it comes in pretty uh, significantly lower and what yeah. Fox's reaction is to that. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're also bringing back all the legends. I would guess the first week will be really big. I think it's going to go down, you know, considerably after that. We'll just have to see if they make changes to the product to get fans invested because it's been losing viewers over time. And this current product is just not creating new fans. And Fox uh, has been promoting this pretty heavily with football with a large audience. So maybe they, they get a little bit more viewership from that, too, on that first one as possible. Yeah, they're going to have Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, you know, all the legends back. So that typically always hits a certain number with those guys when they do that too. So, yeah. So Brock wrestling though. Yeah. That's interesting to see if they put the title back on Brock here. I can't see him losing to Kofi Kingston. So I I would, I would guess either it's a, either Brock wins or it's a DQ, but I could see Fox wanting, you know, they want to push SmackDown. I could see them wanting Brock as the champion on that show. 100%. That would that, and that's really interesting to see, like we talked about, like these networks are having this, this they can possibly have booking power or influence over Vince. They might be the only ones. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, to your point, I mean, if USA Network, if they see their ratings going down and Fox is doing well, they're going to be like, hey. We want Brock as the, the, right. the universal champion on our side, too. So Brock is carrying <laughs> both titles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, uh, that's actually not that crazy. No WWE championships being defended on live events or anything. Then right. uh, I think Brock should hold every championship. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Uh, well, uh, yeah, it's a, a crazy busy week. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks as always for having me on. Likewise, Raja, and anything you want to go ahead and, and plug to wrap up this week? Uh, yeah, just uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. You know, we, we always have tons of exclusive interviews and uh, podcasts, post-Monday Night Raw, post-Smackdown shows, uh, now post-NXT. So uh, keep checking us out. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And keep checking this podcast out. Good deal. Well, Raj, thank you very much. And, guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing. And placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy, Ryback, is, doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all. And if you love sports and you love betting, betonline.ag is your place. Because now you can save an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is... The bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody, an easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals, and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. We are back. Big thank you to Alicia Toot for coming on this week. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to meet her for the first time and, and speak to her and have a nice conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Big thank you, as always, to Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. Go ahead and check them out, guys, at WrestlingInc.com. For all your pro wrestling news, they actually they do things very well over there uh, in comparison to a lot, a lot of other places. And Raj is a good guy. Very happy to have him on the show, as always, doing a little pro wrestling talk, catching up for the week, what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. I do need to go ahead. I do need to, as I organize my 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 notes of chaos in here from weeks of interviews, and had multiple interviews this week. We actually do have Andrew Locke coming on. If you guys don't, Andrew Locke has helped me. He'll be on uh, the week after Alicia here. He um, helped me tremendously early on a few years ago with my back. And uh, he's a physiotherapist. He's one of the most knowledgeable knowledgeable people uh, in in exercise physiology and rehab. And he's helping me now with my shoulder. And whereas Brian Carroll uh, was on here, the, the amazing guy, uh, doing the the McGill Big Three from my back. I do that outside of the side planks, which I can't do yet because of my shoulder. But we're, we're Andrew's working with me on on 
creating strength in my right lat because my right lat atrophied when all this happened years ago really, really badly. And I'll eventually post photos. When I remember I did a photo shoot and I hadn't even noticed this is when I was actually things really started taking a turn for the worse. And I said, when I noticed it, because I, but I even go back and look at my last year in WWE at different photos and I could see it happening already there. I just didn't have the pain as much because it was being covered up by the pain medicine that they were, they were giving me the Toradol and cortisone, but it was the, the, a lot of the shoulder problems. It, it's that lat from all these other complications that lat atrophied and then some stuff in my scapula region. So now I'm doing these, the shoulder program every day and I'm back in the gym, back working out and I feel great. My back feels, I have no pain in my back and, uh, working on, on doing these things called wall squats and, and really learning to get my hips and glutes to fire to really, I, I'm going to be better than I've ever been and working with real professionals on, on my biomechanics, taking advantage of the natural strength I was born with and really tapping into it. Uh, and because everything is, is form and getting the correct muscles to fire, uh, that, that I necessarily didn't do, didn't necessarily do for many years and learning about proper technique and, and different little tips, uh, on, on, on filling the tank and bracing the spine on different lifts and not just yanking things up and not to say that I just did that. I always worked out fairly smart, but I, you know, knowledge is power and there's and anything. He, he makes a good analogy with or comparison that in the, you know, if you're going to you go be a football player, you, you get, you have a coach or if you're going to be a boxer, you hire a coach, you go to jujitsu, you have a, have a teacher, you know, whatever it is that you do, you typically, but with weightlifting, we all kind of just, you just start wherever you start and you just like, very few people actually hire a professional. And for me, I, I learned in high school with a high school weight training coach that never explained any of this. We all just lift heavy weights and I was really strong. And I remember I made the wall my sophomore year. I was well, I think the, one of the first sophomores at Western high school to uh, make the wall uh, my sophomore year. And it was always just strong. But now we have this, uh, the knowledge and people like Andrew Locke out there where I think we're a lot of, we, uh, we have a lot of in injuries from generations past from things being handed down and, and not nothing was ever meant to harm anybody, but it, we now, you know, have so much more knowledge and we've seen the, the way things go doing it a certain way. And he's, he's put together a good program for me and doing it every day here and getting that lat firing on all cylinders with, with some really cool exercises. And I, I already, I already feel it working four days in. And because what's going to happen is it's, that's going to balance out my shoulder and take a lot of stress off of areas that don't need to be being stressed as the cartilage continues to grow from the bioaccelerator stem cells. So it's made me very busy. It, it, it takes, I, I think I worked out for <laughs> four hours yesterday <laughs> by the time it was all said and done from the time I start my stuff at home. And I, I got a series of things. I got to go from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next and knock out all these exercises. Then I went to the, to the, to the gym. I wanted to get out and I didn't want to work out at home the whole time. Went to the gym and did a, did a big monster back workout. And then I came back home and did my deadlifts because my gym doesn't have a platform over there. The LVAC, come on guys. They, but they haven't the other LVACs, but they don't have room supposedly this one that I go to, but I have everything. I have my own platform. So my feed me more platform. So I, I came home and did my deadlifts and working on that and worked on more wall squats, getting my hips to fire. And then I did hard conditioning, uh, the assault bike and, and skipping rope. 
uh, out out in front here, and then came back in and then did more rehab the night of stuff to finish up everything. And I looked at when I started to the and again a little drive to the gym. Gym is like seven minutes away, you know, there and back, and so say twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, whatever you want to. And then getting a coffee and little things, but from the time I started till the time I finished was four hours. And I go, well, fuck, what am I going to do? And this is getting up early. I, I'm up usually six o'clock every day, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes six 30, depends what time I get to bed. And, uh, all the business stuff, all the website stuff with feed me more nutrition, the podcast scheduling guest recording now and right back TV <laughs> recording all this. <laughs> it's like, and I want to now, cause my goal, I have on my goal board and I've been, I had to put this off for the last two and a half years, and it really, really frustrated me. Is I want to resume my jujitsu training and get my blue belt. It's been on my goal board for two and a half years, and I get really fucking pissed off when I have to leave things on my goal board for multiple years. And but again, I had to stop all that with with the stem cells on my shoulder. And then I was like, well, I gotta. So the game plan is, and I'm getting, I'm ordering massive whiteboards to start scheduling things and writing because I need to see it, like not just on my phone. Like, and I could do it on my phone and I do a lot of it, but I actually just need to visually see stuff. And I do it with this podcast and different shows. I write down all the different things I'm recording. And, and I, that way I just remind myself every morning when I come down into the kitchen, I have it on, on my kitchen table and I'm like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta do this today. Like, Oh no, I gotta do that on top of everything else. And, uh, and would like to resume my boxing training and Muay Thai training. And again, that will be balanced out to not be maybe that's just once a week on that end for that stuff. And the jujitsu will be multiple times because I want that to be the focus right now to really, really get towards that blue belt. Once here, I get this shoulder and the lat right where I need it and start doing pro wrestling bookings and traveling on the weekend <sighs> and finding people to take care of Sophie, and the little guy. So I've got my hands full. I always have, but I always find a way to make it work. So, and like, again, right now, Everyone I talk to, I got, I got the different people I know. They're just like, they're like, you don't, you need to go on a vacation. <laughs> and I go, no, this is the, the, I just had my whole life put in jeopardy, uh, in the quality of my life. I was like, this is the time I've been buckled down for three years, fucking grinding. And a lot of people don't see everything. And I said, no, this is, I'm going to look back at this period. And this is setting me up for success for many years to come. The, the groundwork I have laid and, and it's just to what it takes and it will get easier at some point but it's uh i'm very passionate about making all of this work and it's going to work and it has and it's paid off so but it, it can it could always be better and it's i'm continuously trying to improve and i i like being able to help others improve and all enjoy the process so <sighs> i do need to thank guys some of the sponsors of this show bio accelerator Big thank you to BioAccelerator. If you guys or anyone you know are, are injured and surgery is not an option, and you see that that this BioAccelerator on our social media with David Truitt, Iowa Hawks fan, he's on my Instagram. Give him a follow and reach out to him uh, personally, please. But the, the the technology that they have over there, you recently saw Kevin Nash talking about it and how good he's feeling seven, eight weeks after the procedures. And uh, I'm continuously improving here. They're, they're working on a lot of the WWE's top talent, a lot of UFC uh, former talents and current talents. It's, it's, it's legit. It's the real deal. And uh, reach out to them, guys, at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. 
That's B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves on that. And, uh, or you could reach out to David Truitt, uh, Iowa Hawks fan on my Instagram and inquire about pricing and different programs they have there. And if, if stem cells uh, are something that could benefit you or someone that you know that is in pain. And I do know I had a comment on, I posted my bioaccelerator uh, video on YouTube from my trip down there. And somebody had actually made a comment about how, uh, a, a slightly aggressive comment about, yeah, let's kill, let's use more dead babies so we can live longer. And, and I had to actually message that person and explain to them, that's not what's going on here. The umbilical cord stem cells coming from uh, mothers who consent to this prior, and it's not coming from dead babies. And just informing him of this, I'm not really sure where he's getting his information, in which he replies, I'm very sorry. Uh, every time I see anything with stem cells, I just reference the South Park episode that I saw where they reference dead babies. And then I just deleted the message. I didn't even respond back because I realized right then and there that stupid. <laughs> he was making comments based off a South Park episode. And that was all the information that I needed. No more explaining. I tried. BioAccelerator, though, guys, check them out. Big sponsor of the show. And uh, personally, they've, they've helped me tremendously. So thank you to them. Real Good Foods, realgoodfoods.com. Save 15% with discount code Ryback on their low-carb, uh, keto-friendly pizzas, enchiladas, breakfast poppers, and breakfast sandwiches. And they also have their cauliflower pizza. That's realgoodfoods.com. Discount code RYBACK15 on that. Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service. They have all kinds of the very lean, healthy meal choices, which they ship fre- on, fresh on ice, Overnight it right to your doorstep. Meal prep at your doorstep, guys. You can save 15% at fuelmeals.com. They're also on Instagram and Twitter, Fuel Meals. Uh, use discount code the big guy, fuelmeals.com. Check them out. They got a lot, a lot of really good dishes over there, guys. For the price, eight to ten dollars a meal. You really it, it it comes in handy. You order, you order seven of them, you order ten of them, you have one a day at with along with all your other food or whatever it is with your protein shakes, and maybe you make a meal or two at home. It really, you know, take it to, to work, to lunch, for lunch. It, it keeps you on track, and it's going to end up being cheaper than eating out more times than not, especially if you're eating healthy. We all know eating healthy costs a lot more. Feed Me More Nutrition, feedmemore.com. You can save 20% with this podcast code, podcast20, at the uh, checkout section of the discount code. We are also on Amazon and trying to get into more brick and mortars here. Uh, on all of that. Our brain feed formula will be out this week. I'm pumped about that. We're actually getting all that finalized on a, getting that shipped over now. My, my memory and focus formula, brain feed. I think you guys are really, really going to dig that. It actually stacks extremely well with the wake up unlimited energy right there for, for that mental stimulation and, and for just really, really gives you an uptick in the energy with the teacrine that we've added to that as well. It, it enhances the effect of ca- the caffeine and the wake up unlimited energy and the Asian ginseng and the Yohimbi on that. But as we continue to grow, we have our brand ambassador program, and we, we are looking for people with a strong social media following on that, men or women. And you guys, we just ask if you reach out. You got to have a following. We can't we can't just give you free supplements, and you have 100 followers or 200 followers. I, I would love to. I would love to give all of you guys free stuff, but I also then would not have a business. And the purpose of the brand ambassador program is to get people 
that can get anywhere from, from 10, 12, 15 sales a month. And then that covers their supplement expenses. And, and we maybe come out a little bit ahead of green on that, where that, that benefits us from a, from a business standpoint. And also getting given you 10% of your sales through your, through your affiliate link. So uh, if you're not at that level yet, we're a level where you can do that and prove that. The way you do that is sign up for our brand supporter program on feedmemore.com. You get an affiliate link. You start, you can track your sales. And when we see if there's people that are performing and they're getting, they're getting 10, 12 sales a month on that. Okay. You can hold your own here. We can make you a brand ambassador and cover your supplements for you every month. $125 of, of supplements off the feedmemore.com website. So that's how it works. It's not, Hey, I want to represent you and I could, I could get sales. Cool. You got to show us, you got to prove it. That's how the real world works. I can't say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to give you stuff and I'll just take your word for it. Because again, if I did that, I would have to close up shop. I wouldn't have a business. And I, I get many messages every day from people on that. So you got to have a following. And if you don't have a strong enough following yet, then you got to be able to prove that by becoming a brand supporter. And again, you get your discount code. You save on the supplements with the discount code for your followers. And if you can prove yourself, and all the big companies do that. Nobody just hands over free supplements to people that don't don't get sales because it doesn't that doesn't make sense from a business standpoint, guys. On that, for everybody else, you go to feedmemore.com and podcast twenty to save twenty percent on that. Before we final plugs, before we do that, guys, I want to go ahead and my my thought of the week here this week as I grab my Forbes thought of the day. The quote that I I came across this week that I really 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 dig is life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. By an eye, then, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. What does that mean? I hear Gary Vaynerchuk talking all the time, Gary V, my man, um, talking about you know how we live in a, in a world where everyone's worried about judgment and uh, what everybody else thinks, and uh, fear can, can control us. In many ways, it's the number one thing. Fear of failure is is the most real thing uh, in this world that that can truly hold people back. And the people that can overcome that are the ones that that you see doing things and doing great things. And it's going to affect us all at different times. And we're going to have our own personal demons. We all got to overcome that fear of failure. Having courage uh, is a way to do that and, and having a belief in yourself when maybe nobody else does or when those around you don't, but you believe and you have the courage and you're not afraid to fail. You're not afraid to mess up. You're not afraid to get egg on your face. You're not because you know you're going to keep persevering and keep trying and life expands or shrinks based off of your courage and your ability to control the fear of failure. There's something you want to do and you're not doing it, and it's something that's within your control, you have no one to blame but yourself, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand, I think, if, 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 it, if there's something you really, really, really want to do, but you're letting the, the fear of failure or your lack of courage dictate your choices, it is, it, it is your life is going to shrink. But if you can step out of your comfort zone, you could overcome that fear of failure. Chances are you, you go for it. You, you, you go for it and you finish it. 
your life is going to expand. Your, your options, your choices, your happiness is going to expand because you overcame that fear of failure. It's a really cool thing. And, uh, and there's people that could do that over and over and over again. And it's like anything else, repetition. And you get experience and, and overcoming things and you get confidence. And, um, and you, you, you get confidence in betting on yourself because you know when you bet on yourself in the past, you've overcome it. Or if you haven't, you've learned from it and figured out how to. So I really, really like that quote. And I'm going to read it one more time. Life shrinks or expands in proportion. Wrapping up. This week, guys, wrapping it up, all fan mail, anything, send one or two things, please, guys, with a self-addressed envelope, uh, the P.O. Box 752-740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Check out, guys, Ryback TV here on YouTube. We might be to 100,000 subs, 100,000 subscribers by the time this comes out, or we may be uh, we're maybe very, very close to it. It's been about three months, maybe a tad over that now. And the channel, I'm really, really happy uh, that um, was able to put some focus on this channel. And my boy DJ Dells, the sneaker addict, uh, helping out with all of that. Big thank you. He does a great job with the channel and uh, getting the content up there in a timely manner and for everyone to consume and we're trying to have a balance of different things on there and whatnot. It's, uh, you can give him a follow on, on YouTube at the sneaker addict. He has his own show, but it's, uh, it's cool to see this grow so quickly. And there's a lot of love and positivity on there. And uh, it's overwhelming. And me and Phoenix were talking about that. We're actually, we have a donut challenge that should be up by the time this podcast comes out. Me and Phoenix going toe for toe. Satan's toe? Going, going, going one donut for one donut. It's her birthday here. She's a year older than me. Uh, she's going to be 38 here. She's mad. Almost 40. But, uh... I'm kidding, Phoenix. For her birthday, we are doing a donut eating challenge. The big guy Ryback versus Phoenix Tombstone Marie. And uh, we will we will see uh, who will come out on top as the donut king. It's going to be me. But uh, we'll find out Sunday. She, she used to consume a lot of sugar. She's cut back. So hopefully that those donuts, they hit her hard. So then I don't have to eat like 30 donuts because I'm going to be pissed if I have to eat 30 to beat her. There's no way I'm letting her beat me on my own show. So, But uh, it'll be fun. So check out that challenge on YouTube as well on Ryback TV. Drop us a subscribe and uh, turn on your notifications, guys. That channel, we have a lot of cool content on there. And then more to come. Workout video. We're getting a videographer to, to record me my full workouts to show you guys like the legit what I've been doing for many, many years. And it's going to be intense. And it's going to be... It ain't going to be like those other little pussy bodybuilder steroid fucking guy workouts. We're not, this is going to be the real deal on getting results the, the right way and with my Feed Me More Nutrition and a proper diet. And uh, I think you guys are going to dig it and show you what can be done with a, with a proper, true work ethic and heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fucking show you. And uh, now that my shoulder and everything is, is coming back, I'm giving me, give me three to four weeks. I'm just trying to get in top shape before we start that because I'll be, be wearing my Feed Me More Nutrition tank tops and workout clothes and I don't need to start. He does. He's smaller. Yeah. Not that I give a shit, but I, I like, you want to be in shape when you, and I am in shape. I'm 285, 288 still, but I've been out of the gym for six weeks and I took actually closer to seven because I took a week off leading up to the stem cells. I think I got one, a couple workouts in with Nash right before, but it wasn't, it was pretty much a week off 
before that. So it's almost been two months. So again, just giving me a few weeks to fire on all cylinders and see where I'm at. And uh, we'll get that going. And we're going to do some lives here coming up with uh, Feed Me More Nutrition and talking about the supplements and explaining the ingredients a little bit to you guys on there as well. So I uh, appreciate you guys subscribing and checking that out. For all personal video shout outs from myself, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. All professional wrestling bookings, please contact Bill Barons at showbiz at AOL.com. We are doing a very, very fair uh, rates moving into 2020. And again, getting the match footage and promo, uh, the raw footage of that uh, is part of the deal for Ryback TV, which helps everybody getting the promotions. That channel is going to be, the goal is to get to a million subscribers here very quickly on YouTube. Make up for some lost time not being on there. We're going all out on that. Is that, to explain further, that gives me a brand new revenue stream that of of thousands of dollars and, and hopefully much more as this continues to grow of pumping back into uh, uh, podcast advertising and supplement advertising, which costs me a lot of money. And the more I'm able to pump into that, the bigger things get. And it, it's a really cool thing. So that's the, and I'm always very transparent and I say exactly what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I get to have fun and, and have eat some junk food occasionally on camera and, and have fun. And if it makes me some money and people get some entertainment out of it and it helps fuel my true passions, which my true passions are not necessarily eating in my car and doing, I think it's funny and it allows me, gives me a chance to kind of relax and take a break, but feed me more nutrition and conversation with the big guy Ryback are the end games of everything that we're doing. And so they explain that because some people don't understand that and that's okay. Because they're younger, they, they live in a very small, limited box, but that's what's going on with that. Big thank you to Wiretap Radio and CLNS Media and the Wrestling Classic there. Uh, Ryback TV, youtube.com slash Ryback TV. Check out my book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available on Amazon in paperback and Audible Kindle formats. And I am the big guy, Ryback22 on social media, at Feed Me More Nutrition and at Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram. At Ryback22 on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, and at Ryback247 on Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, 